Blog Talk Radio. your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, 
sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, please feel free to call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. And that way you can listen via phone or please be sure to use Bluetooth if you're driving about. Our sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. It's really important that you put that slash energyawareness or you won't get that 30-day trial, so you have to put audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. I've had people ask why they're not getting it. If they don't put in energy awareness, you won't get the trial. So go ahead and try that. Do you have a dream, something you want to do, or some way that you want to live, but you find you tell yourself, that won't happen for me, never in a million years, I wasn't born under any lucky stars, or it's just not meant to be? Well, why not? Why aren't you lucky? Why is it not meant for you? If not you, then who? Why are you any less deserving than those you believe were born under lucky stars or seemingly caught a break or just, you know, perhaps they have all the good fortune happen to them? You are deserving, and you can change all of your thinking with some very simple, practical, easy to implement. And by the way, this is really fun. (laughs) It's a fun prompt that you get that will allow you to make your dream a reality. My guest is a seeker of truth, curious of life, and interested in all things esoteric. Her name is Peg Conley, an artist, writer, and CEO of her own company, Words and Watercolors. She is also the author of the book, Imagine the Life You Would Love to Live, Then Live It. Welcome to the show, Peg. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here on Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Um, Well, I'm great of spirit, uh, of body a little questionable with a cold, but we're not going to let that stop us and and, uh, enjoy. I'm looking forward to this hour. Oh, good. I'm so glad. We're we're very happy to have you here. You know, your book, Imagine the Life You'd Love to Live, Then Live It, is your first book, and it is so very inspirational. But more than that, this, this was crazy to me. The authors who provided testimonials for your book, all of them have joined us here on Energy Awareness Radio to discuss their books, Tony Burroughs, Polly Campbell, Marianne Radmacher, uh, Maggie Oman, Shannon. Right there, right there I know that your work is worthwhile when you're supported by such well-respected and highly regarded peers. You know, these authors are wonderful with what they do. Congratulations to you. That is indeed quite an honor. It's huge, and I must add, very well-deserved. Thank you so much. Yeah, I I do feel blessed. It was an honor. And and the whole way this book came about was quite magical. Um, it, it just points to the fact that when you're open and uh, magic or spirit surprises you, when you're open to magic and miracles, as I call it. Well, you know, and let's start with a little background. You were working in corporate sales, which is not only time-consuming and, and stressful, It's just not an easy position to be in, and yet you still manage to fit in your creativity by devoting a lot of time on the weekends or vacations to your art, to to your creative senses. How did you lead, how did that actually lead you 
to write this book? <laughs> well, it's a pretty long story, and I'll try to be uh, short about it. Um, the book came about, actually, it was an idea for a calendar. But the, the, the leap from corporate sales queen, as I used to refer to myself, to Arthur, author and artist, came about by the fact that I had a physical move. When I got married in 2007 to my friend from high school, of all things, and we were many years out of high school um, in Indiana, Mark is my husband, and he lived in San Francisco, and I lived in Seattle, and we had this on-again, off-again thing for a number of years. And when I finally decided you know, to say yes, we got married. Mark <laughs> moved to Seattle, and I had... As he said, you know, I owned a home. My kids, I had two children that were, um, well, Emily was a teenager. Bob was 22 at the time, and it made sense for him to move up there. Well, through a series of things, uh, he wanted to return to San Francisco, and he was able to transfer with his job, Cisco Foods. He's in sales, and he, he transferred to Seattle and was able to come back to San Francisco. So I moved here in 2009, in January of 2009, and was not able to find a job in my career because of the economy. And I had sold office furniture for many years and then sold commercial carpet. My degree was in interior design, and that's that creativity string that was always there. So I mm-hmm. did always paint. And I did have, even when I was in sales, I had started a greeting card line called Words and Watercolors in the mid-90s. And not knowing anything about the gift industry, um, I learned a little bit. I did it for about two years and then quit because I couldn't keep going with the demands of a full-time job. My children were young, um, and I was married at the time. So that gave way. But through that, I made a connection with Brush Dance, and Brush Dance was a publisher of cards and calendars, etc. So I did get my art out in the world, even when I was in corporate sales. So when I moved here, I, I'm, <laughs> this may be my cold. I'm sorry if I've got off my string of the question you asked me. I, um, <laughs> no, you're doing great. Uh, okay. So when I moved here and I couldn't find a job in my career because of the economy, my house sold, and my husband said, why don't you do what you've always wanted to do, So it took me a while of stumbling about, but then I decided to resurrect words and watercolors. And so I did that in 2010. It'll be five years old this June. And through that, I've learned a lot, again, about the gift industry. And I have to say, being an entrepreneur has been one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. Um, But I continue to learn. And, And the book, I didn't really plan to write a book. Well, let me take that back. I did take a class, and, and, I, and I write about that in Chapter 2 called Take a Class. I did take a class mm-hmm. when I moved here uh, called um, Writing Nonfiction, and it was through the San Francisco um, – oh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it. Anyhow, it's, it's a well-respected um, writer's group. So I took this class writer's in the Grotto. fall. Yeah, yeah, Writer's Grotto. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, I took the class in the, in the fall, and – through that, I had this idea for a book. It wasn't this book. But I also realized how difficult, I mean, it's like, how do you ever get a book published? I mean, there was, you know, do you self-publish or do you get an agent or there was all these questions. And I pretty much just let it be because I was busy running my business. But the book came about serendipity, as you will, because I was talking to Maggie Oman Shannon, who, as you've indicated, you interviewed, and Maggie mm-hmm. is the minister of the Unity Church in San Francisco. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I um, 
attend church there, and I was going to be doing a workshop for gratitude on Thanksgiving, and I guess this was three years ago. And I had just been home to Indiana for my nephew's wedding, and when I was there, I had talked myself into um, an meeting with a, a calendar company in Indianapolis. And I was all excited because I had this great idea for a calendar. I'd had a calendar with Brush Dance for a number of years, and I hadn't had one for a while, and I wanted a calendar. And so I had this brainstormed on the plane, I, and I write about that in my chapter, Brainstorm. You can have fun with yourself, and I did. I got all these ideas. I could feel that energy just pulsing through my crown chakra like it opened up, and whoop, I was just writing as quick as I could. So I was sharing... <laughs> Excuse me, I have this cold, but um, I was sharing with Maggie my idea of a calendar, and she said, you know, Peg, that could be a book. It was as simple as that comment. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, you should talk to my publisher. Really? Um, I asked again, and she said, yes. And I said, well, can I use your name? The salesperson in me knows always to get referrals. Right. So she said, yeah, don't call her. Send an email. So I sent Brenda an email, and I must have crafted my words, um, interestingly enough, to get a response from her. And through that, I went and met with her. Viva Editions, the publisher, is in Berkeley, which is convenient to San Francisco, just over the bridge. So I ended up going over and meeting. Brenda held my hand through the process of writing the proposal, and um, it, it just kind of fell into my lap. And because, as you can see, there's 52 Inspired Habits and Playful Prompts. That's the subtitle. And that came about because it was a calendar idea. So Brenda said, oh, we could have 52 chapters, at which I thought, oh, my nerves, how am I going to write that? But <laughs> it was it was perfect because each chapter is just a short two- to three-page inspirational idea or prompt or story and at the end of each chapter I have a few bullet points with the prompts to things you can do to implement you know whatever the the discussion was of of the of the subject matter for that chapter it is great because you know first of all you're an artist doing watercolors and things like that and to have it turn completely around and go i know it was called words and watercolors <laughs> and move into a book is is phenomenal that that's just great that that came about and Brenda's a good person to you know challenge you and push you on and motivate you and say hey that should be a book she's i love Brenda <laughs> and i love the fact that this is 52 weeks long, if you will, you know, right. it is very playful, the exercises of the processes, the things that we can do that will inspire us. And, and they're not hard. They are simple, but they're also easy. And sometimes things are simple, but they're not easy. And these are, and if you followed them, I could see that you could do each one for a week to really nail it. And then by the end of the year, more than likely, for those who do follow the guidance, they would be seeing their dream manifesting and probably seeing it progress as you go through the process. You kind of get that as you read through the book. I mean, I read it for the show, so I'm not doing it a week at a time, you know. But like the brainstorming one, the very last thing by Alex Osborne, as you said, who's an advertising executive, is the father of brainstorming. He said it's easier to tone down a wild idea than to think up a new one. And I think sometimes people will come up with an idea and think it's too much. I can't possibly do this. And so instead of toning it down, they completely let it go. They forget about mm -hmm. it. Do you, mm -hmm. do you find that to be true? Oh right, I'm, I'm, I have the same problem sometimes. Um, 
to think big and to just throw things out there or throw it up on the wall, so to speak. Um, sometimes I can do it and, and sometimes I can't. I guess it depends on the frame of mind that I might be in. But the day that I was brainstorming on this calendar idea, it was all systems up. You know, I was I was excited and the energy was there. I mean, you, you talk about energy awareness and I think that's mm-hmm. a big component to uh, I mean, we're all energy, we're all vibrating. And as I was, you know, open to this idea, I, I actually was kind of under the gun because I had talked to myself, the salesperson and me had called and I'd gotten an appointment and the woman had said, you know, we really don't need another inspirational watercolor artist for a calendar, but if you can come up with another idea, um, you know, I'd be interested. So here I was on the plane flying back to Indiana, I was going to be meeting with her on on my return. I was going to fly out of Indianapolis and I had an appointment. So I had to come up with uh, an idea. I I guess I pretty much set myself a deadline um, that I had to come up with a a different kind of an idea than what I normally would have done. And, but once I opened my mind to the possibility of it, and that's when I just felt the juices started to flow and and the words were coming so fast, I had a hard time keeping my pen, you know, going across the page. Well, that's good. You work well under pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a part of, um, well, I think a lot of us do that, right? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to. And I think, yeah. too, that, you know, we don't realize how limitless we are. We we put limits on ourselves. It's self-imposed. We put limits on ourselves, <laughs> right. and we figure we can't, we absolutely can't do some of the things that, that we want to do. And one of the chapters that mm-hmm. you wrote about, um, chapter 18, is so vitally important. Dream really big. That's not mm-hmm. easy for many people. But, and the dreaming part is probably, but the implementation of it, having that faith that can, that can throw people off, as well as the deserve factor. If they don't feel uh-huh. they deserve the dream, it won't happen for them. How do you feel the deserve factor comes into play with, with manifesting your dreams? Um. Again, it's a state of mind. It's that energy awareness. And I can tell you a few years ago, I was just bound and determined to make my dream manifest. And I had thought about, well, should I license my artwork? Should I keep doing it myself? And I just had, again, I had a little brainstorming session with myself. It was a different time. I had colored markers and some newsprint pad. And um, I just kind of started throwing ideas out there and I wrote a lot I wrote so much that at the end I drew a picture of a person on a bed like taking a nap I was like I need to go take a nap I kind of (laughs) wore myself out with it Um, but you once that the ideas come out on the paper and you can see that oh well maybe that is a possibility and then the key for me too is surrendering to the universe or surrendering to the highest good for all concerned or however you'd like to put it um, but know that things will come to you, not necessarily in your timing, but divine timing, certainly, or they might look a little bit different than what you thought. And as it was, I did not get the calendar published with that calendar company. But funny enough, I did get a calendar licensed with another company, um, Blue Mountain Arts, and they they made the cover of that. We did a test market last year. And so it's going to be a 2016 calendar. It's got the same kind of cover. It pairs really nice with the book. And I was on Amazon the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, look at this. This is kind of cool. You could see my book, and you could see the calendar from Blue Mountain Arts. So 
that was kind of fun. So things come. They may not be the way you think it will be or when you think it will be, but you have to put it out there, trust that it's coming, and then surrender to the energy of the universe or God, goddess, whatever you'd like to call it, and mm-hmm. know that things are happening that we can't see. And and while that sounds easy, <laughs> the right. surrendering part of it's hard, and you know it never uh, is in your own time. And patience is a virtue that I do do not have, and I'm working on it. But timing is everything, and it never is in the timing that you think. You know, the the universe shows you, okay, you have a plan. Let me show you how amusing that is, and you know, right. you get sidetracked. But the surrender part is difficult. What I find with your book, though, and as I said, I, I didn't have 52 weeks to do each thing, so I read the book is that if you did do one per week, the surrender, I really believe, would come easier because you're focused on that one thing for the week. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think well, the I surrender think, would really come a lot faster. I think I'm actually, to be honest, I'm still challenged with surrender. And I'm, I think we're always changing and we're always growing. And I've told a few people, I think the universe has a sense of humor, just as you said. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of into... <laughs> Um, I meant to reimagine 2.0 because um, when the book came out and it was, came out in the fall and it came on the heels of my mom passing away and it was on one hand I was just you know thrilled here look at this dream this book I'm holding it in my hands isn't this great and I went on you know the book tour I'm talking to people in San Francisco I went up to Seattle where I used to live and I know a lot of people I did a lot of things there and um I came back and everything changed. I'm I'm uh, looking at things differently, and I have to say I'm sure part of it is the passing of my mom. Um, and although I had a wonderful relationship with her, and I was so glad she was able to go to the Good Lord, as she referred, you know, she'd been waiting to go to the Good Lord for a long time. She was 96 years old, um, so it was a blessing. But it it's also uh, caused me to reconsider or rethink where I'm at today. And I think just as we get to one place, you're never, you're never there for eternity. You know, we, we keep growing. We're in this, we're in this universe of constant expansion and constant growth. And so we're going to be constantly changing too. So I, I do believe there's a lot of great chapters in my book. There's a lot of wonderful things and you can get to live that dream and then the dream will come and then there's another dream that follows that possibly so anyhow does that make sense it does and you can see how it would happen by going through the book and doing you know each chapter per week i I really like the fact that there's 52 because that's a whole year's worth and it gives you time to process instead of you know reading one thing every day and trying to build on that that's difficult to Mm -hmm. do there are books that are Mm -hmm. like that but yours gives you time and i think we need time to process things because the only constant is change and things do change and you have to go with that and i mean you've got you know so many different chapters you know things that are really kind of fun like one of them is get a massage and i thought okay i didn't think that was part of it but i'm liking that chapter you know <laughs> i kind of had to talk brenda into that one <laughs> but um <laughs> i felt it was i felt it was really important because in my own life um, I had, when I lived in Seattle and I was in corporate sales, I had a massage once a month for, I don't know how many years, years and years. And Judith was my um, massage practitioner, and she was a healer on many levels. And 
she really helped me through a lot of things. And I, that get a massage, I mean, I talk about Lomi Lomi massages, the kind she practiced, but she also did energy balancing. And I, I feel it's really important to, that's all, that marries with the be in your body or be conscious of your body kind of idea. And we are body, mind, and spirit, and we can't just be in our head. Um, because our body, I, I guess mine is talking to me right now with this cold. Um, I'm not quite sure what it's trying to tell me, but it's forcing me to have some downtime. And I feel that I'm, I just need to listen. And I haven't gotten my journal out yet and written about it, but I've considered it this morning. I just didn't do it. So our bodies are talking to us, and that's where I think get a massage speaks to that. Be Be in tune with who you are. Be in tune with your body. So. Yes, um, body-mind medicine is so prevalent right now. Body-mind work is something that reduces stress and it allows us to be in the moment and actually know that you're in that moment instead of thinking ahead or looking behind. You can just be right there where you need to be and take stock of things and, and be your own self and you'll hear more. As you said, you're more intuitive. You will hear more and you'll be able to create more when you have those moments because when you're stressed, You've got this vicious loop cycle going on in your brain that you can't do anything. You absolutely can't. Uh-huh. You're kind of stuck. And you do the same right. thing over and over again, and you get nowhere. So, you know, but uh, so many different, I mean, there's 52 different topics, obviously. And they are fun. And there is not, you know, work with effort is a good thing. When things become a struggle, that's when you have to say, you know what, it's not worth doing this anymore because it's a struggle. And it shouldn't be a struggle. It should just right. be Effort, which leads me to, you know, I know people who work for years taking every opportunity that comes along to either showcase their work or present their ideas, and yet they don't, they don't seem to get to that pivotal moment when it just takes off for them. What about that? Do you think that sometimes dreams just are not meant to be realized? That's an interesting question. Um, I... Maybe they're not meant to be realized because is there some other tweak to the dream that needs to happen that you can't see? Or is it, again, I had mentioned before, you know, praying for the highest good for all concerned. I had worked with a counselor many years ago, and she always advocated that, and I'm always telling people, you know, pray for the highest good for all concerned. We don't know what's right. We might think in our minds what's the best thing, but if we pray for the highest good for all concerned, then we might see something different than how we think it should be or how we see it. So I think if your dreams don't come quite the way you think they should or they should have arrived, um, it might just be cause for you to consider, yeah, is is there another way for me to look at this? Is, it, is there really a blessing here in a different way that I haven't looked at? Um, you know, there, the silver lining in the clouds, um, you know, there's – I have to say – when the show started with a song, that gratitude song or thankful, what a wonderful mm-hmm. song. I wanted to comment on that because I do write about gratitude as a chapter and that's yeah. so important to have gratitude and to be thankful for where you are. And uh, that, I think if we're, like you mentioned before, if we're living here in the now and we're not, and believe me, I, I struggle with this a lot. Um, I well, get into the... Yeah, well, it should look like this, or I should be doing this, or, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And if I can stop myself and stay, hey, it's just right here. I don't have to worry about next year, next week, five years from now. But be here now and 
you know, pray for the highest good for all concerned and trust. Uh, I think the two words I had written down on my vision board for 2015, well, I actually had three, trust, surrender, and joy. And those were the three Mm -hmm. words I wanted to keep front and center in my mind um, and in my awareness as I went through this year. Because when I can trust that everything will work out the way it's supposed to, it does. But when I get my head in there and start to think it should be this or that or that, then I can mess it up. So trust also goes hand in hand with surrender. And when you, when I can trust and when I can surrender to the highest good, then I can have joy and it can, I can feel it, but I can get myself um, all twisted up just like probably anybody else, you know, with thinking things should be a different way or whatever, but getting back in touch, just, it's always, it's like, that coming back to center piece, you know, coming back to the breath or however you want to say it. Yeah, it's true because I, I myself am very analytical and I will analyze things to death and say, well, logistically this should work. Well, you know, logistics doesn't come into play all the time. <laughs> you can't do that. Right. I have a friend who's always right. telling me you got to get out of your head and she's absolutely right. But when you live in your head, it's hard to get out of your head. So, you know, that's yeah. where yoga and meditation comes into play, any kind of body-mind work that comes into play to help me with that. But it's interesting because sometimes I think it's true. We we expect something to happen because we'll put so much into it. I've done this often. You know, you work on something and work on something like, why am I not catching a break here? What's going on? If anybody in doing this would have stopped five years ago, you know? But I think it right. comes down to really the trust, the faith, and the surrender. That's huge. That's really mm-hmm. huge because things can turn around and you'll be doing what you're meant to do with more joy. You just didn't see it coming because we don't have a mm-hmm. big picture. That mm-hmm. makes it hard. You know, mm-hmm. we don't get instructions. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. I know. Not darn it. <laughs> no. I know. I want, I want the, I want the plane, <laughs> you know, up in the sky saying, Peg, do this, you know, riding it in yeah. the clouds. And that no, works I that way, darn it. Just send me an email, you know, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, really, it's kind of simple. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have email now. You can do it. Put it in my head, however you want to do this. It doesn't matter. But I think that that, um, that the letting go is, do you think that that might be the number one reason that holds people back from, from obtaining their dreams is the actual letting go, the trust and the faith? Well, it's, uh, I think so. I think we also have expectations. And, well, that kind of yeah. goes hand in hand, you know. Because if you if you can't let go of the expectation of how something's supposed to look and just be again, it goes back to trust and surrender, and it may not look like you think it should. Um, so I think that's all part of the learning to be in the mode. I mean, we can keep cycling back around. And I do write about yeah. meditation. I do write about also, um, oh, what chapter is it? It's Be Flexible. Um, I can't remember the chapter number, but um, Be Flexible. And I talk about when I wrote it, um, when I was writing that chapter, because I thought, I know I've had to learn to be flexible because things may not come like you think they will, but if you're flexible, it may be actually better. And I wrote about, Gumby, you know, I was thinking when you're a little kid and you have that green Gumby that you can shape and move and he's flexible and, you know, when you do yoga, you get a lot more flexible and you can move your body in a lot of different ways and being flexible allows for, um, you know, it's just a good thing to be flexible. So I think that that's another factor to being open. I mean, that being open to what comes or, yeah, be flexible. 
Yeah, like with the strategic plan. It's Chapter 8. I looked it up for you. It's Chapter 8. Okay, thank um, you. And it, it, yeah, and it is a good one because you do have to, because if you're not flexible, then you're holding on too tight and you're not willing to change, and you have to be willing to change in order to make things happen and go with the flow. So if you're not right. flexible, you're not willing to go with the flow, that's the other chapter, you know what I mean, that we spoke of. Uh, you know, right. and, and let's talk a little bit about the chapters in the book. There were, there were so many that I liked a lot. I absolutely love the one that you wrote about sacred spaces because when I talk to people about creating a sacred space, they kind of look at me like I'm a little crazy. And, you know, I've been creating many at this point. My entire house and yard is sacred space right now. You know, it's, it's, it's my haven. You know, it, uh-huh. I find it gives us room to breathe and relax and to be and to know that, you know, in this little part of the world that we inhabit, which is our own little world, you can create more. You can create almost anything in that space. It's like a, a sense of security, a sense of self. Does that make sense? Right, right. Well, and it's a place, sacred space is a place for you to get recharged and re-energized and yeah. reconnect with your own guides or your higher power. Or, you know, I, I had, um, when I lived in Seattle and, I had a dresser. I had a great big bedroom. I had a big old house, and I had three dressers in there, and a couch, and a big bed. I mean, it was a huge, huge room. Anyhow, one of my, one of the dressers was devoted to my altar, and I had, you know, the usual candles and angels, and I don't know what what all on there. Um, some uh, probably Louise Hay cards, you know, affirmation cards that I liked, and but it would be, it was like a touchstone, and in the morning when I would get dressed, I could stand there, even if it was just for a few seconds, but just being able to be in that energy or space could help me set the tone for the day. Um, And I think that's what sacred space can do for you. For me, you know, we live in San Francisco and this is a crazy town to live in. Um, We we were in an old Victorian apartment upstairs that had been uh, in a fire the year before we moved in. So thankfully it was clean and really well appointed um, it's in a not so great part of town, which I've really actually come to love that it's, it's a, a neighborhood that I would have never, ever considered living in, but I've learned so much and I've developed friends and it's just been interesting. But anyhow, through all that, I live in a, in a place in San Francisco, so it's not big. I don't have the space that I had in my house and my yard in Seattle. And so I meditate in my blue turquoise chair in the front room, but it's also where I sit and watch the Giants games at night sometimes, or the Warriors now, or, or, you know, whatever with my husband. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a room dedicated to meditation or a room dedicated to uh, your sacred space. You can, you can carve out little slices of your day in wherever, you know, whatever is convenient for you. I think that's, part of the message I was trying to uh, make sure people were aware that, you know, it can be, it can be really simple. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a certain, a certain room or a certain place or a certain look or a certain whatever. It's just whatever works for you in the moment. And it doesn't even have to be, I mean, it's nice to have a consistent place at home, but I find that your sacred space can be quite mobile, you know, like my, (laughs) Mine goes with me. <laughs> when uh-huh. I go to yoga, uh-huh. there's this, I, I'm always in this one spot. When I'm not at yoga, I'm told no one sits in my spot. And that is my mm-hmm. sacred space in yoga. That's my spot. And I find mm-hmm. that when I go to classes or anything, I gravitate to a certain 
section of the room, a certain place. I always go to the same side, and that's where I am. And I hate it after lunch when they say, okay, find a new seat. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm, just, you know, I'm not moving. <laughs> you know, I, have, I have my spot. Please don't do this to me. And it is it does allow you to be comfortable so that you can learn or so that you can feel into whatever it is that you're doing. Even if you're standing in line at the grocery store, just, you know, we all have an electromagnetic field, you know, that's Mm -hmm. your sacred space, Mm -hmm. bring it with you and allow Mm -hmm. it to be. So that chapter Mm -hmm. really, I I liked that an awful lot. Now, do you have, this is, you know, probably everybody asked you this question. Do you have a favorite chapter? Probably all of them at this point. (laughs) Um, You know, I, yeah, my, my, Favorite chapters, they change depending on the day. Like uh, for a while, my favorite chapter was Unplug to Recharge. And in fact, it still may be my favorite chapter because I feel like we have all been so plugged into our phones and our computer or our laptop or checking Facebook or checking, I mean, Instagram or whatever. And there's, I've I've kind of started, and I, I realized this recently, that I've been going on a weekend. I'll take either Saturday or Sunday, and I don't even check email. I just don't want to. I don't do anything on my computer. And I feel like, you know what, that's fine. And how did we, um, you know, how did we do things in the 70s before there was all this stuff? You know, I write about. How do we do things in the 90s? Never mind the 70s. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's true. Oh, I'm old. But, um, you know, how about. You know, I remember with my kids when they were young, and we would sometimes lay outside in the backyard, and we'd look up at the clouds, and we just kind of would talk about, oh, do you see, you know, whatever shapes we saw in the clouds. I mean, I think those are the kind of moments that are so important to have. I mean, it's creativity. It's making up things. It's being playful, and I there's a there's joy that comes from that. And if you're all at home looking at your own devices, you miss that. So... You know, I unplug to recharge, I guess, would be one of my favorites. Oh, of course, here's my other favorite, my absolute all-time favorite, is Chapter 3, Write with Your Non-Dominant Hand. Have you ever written with your non-dominant hand? Yeah, I can't read I can't read what I write with my dominant hand. I've tried that with my left hand, and that gets me no further. <laughs> okay, well. I have to practice. I have to say that I've been doing it for so long that my non-dominant hand, which is my left hand, actually the printing now looks better than my right hand. I say I kind of slur my words when I write. And I used to have really good penmanship because I was a designer, so I did have really good penmanship, but it's gotten really bad over the years. Um, But I write in that, uh, I explain in that chapter how I received a lot of inspiration Mm -hmm. or insight that has come to me through me. And I I feel that um, when I first heard about writing with your non-dominant hand, I was working with a therapist, and this was 20-some years ago, back when I guess inner child stuff was big. And Joni had recommended a book titled Recovery of Your Inner Child, and the subtitle was The Highly Acclaimed Method for Liberating Your Inner Self. Um, And it was written by Lucia Cappuccioni, I don't know if I say her name right, PhD, but as I'm I'm kind of reading from this chapter, through exercises in the book, I was able to reconnect with Peggy, my own inner child. I had made such a big deal about wanting to be called Peg when I went off to college that I hadn't been called Peggy in probably 20 years when I began the process. 
I remember being shocked when I drew a picture of Peggy, complete with her glasses and curly hair. She was so cute. She was playful and clearly opened me up to the idea that magic was all around us. I honestly believe that Peggy was able to feel, finally, that I was going to pay attention and listen to her as I completed the various exercises in that book. At first, it felt awkward to hold a pen in my left hand, not to mention my penmanship, which looked like that of a seven-year-old. So then I go on to write a few more blah 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 stuff. But um, the other part I'm going to read, which was the transformation part for me, is um, and what I think everybody can access is one day while struggling with a recurring issue, I grabbed my journal and instead of merely recording my frustrations, I began by addressing my guides and asking for help insight with the situation at hand. I could feel something shift as I switched the pen from my right hand to my left. The words that poured forth comforted me. Surrender to the moon, the sky, the stars. Peace results. Rest in the comfort of the invisible hands that hold and guide. The hidden world supports us. And that's what I wrote for my left hand. And that's where I say, I mean, I know I wrote the words, but clearly I feel they came through me. That was, I don't know, you could call it my higher self, um, spirit, whatever, but there yeah. was peace that came to me. And, um, uh, well, I'll finish the, this paragraph. It says, those words allowed me to relax and remember the power of letting go and letting God. I put those words on one of my greeting cards paired with an image of the moon. Um, and then I believe we are able to find our authentic selves when we cut through the personalities we wear like masks to conceal who we really are from others as well as ourselves. So anyhow, I just say that um, over the years, um, I've gone back to that uh, process. And not always, but more times than not, I've been surprised at what comes through. So really good insight. That is very good insight, uh, you know, to try to do an exercise like that. And, and again, if you do it for, the, for a week, like it says, this would be the third week, and just every day try to write something with your non-dominant hand, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know how you would be inspired, you know. Right, um, right. So, it, yeah. And then there was another chapter that I really, I love this chapter because I do this often. Look for the meant-to-be's. So, oh, isn't that you great? Know, you can, it is great because you can go back over your life and say, okay, even if it's something that's difficult, if something you have an altercation with someone who's a friend or you thought was a friend, and I use the word friend in quotes, and you realize, you know what, the relationship was meant to be because, and you can go back and see it. You don't see it when you're going through it. You can't see the forest for the trees. You do not right. know what it is that you're going through. But once it's over and you have that clarity of mind, you can go back mm -hmm. and say, aha, this is why. And I love that. And I think it's an exercise people should do. So I was really glad to see that in the book because, you know, that's something that you could do a different thing for seven days, and it will inspire you. It, it will teach you something. You will learn something from it all over again. Even if you didn't know you, you, you learned it when it happened, you'll learn something and think, oh, yeah, I kind of do that now because of. I don't know. That's kind of what I got out of it. Uh, you know, was that how you meant it to be written so that, you know, would learn from I, it? <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, we're learning from everything. And I think I, I yeah, I did it to go back. And, and I I wrote that chapter. I was up in Portland, Oregon. Um, I had I was attending a garden trade show that I was, had my cards. And I was staying with my good friend, Eve, who I had met when, I sold commercial carpet. Um, I had I lived in Seattle, and I had Seattle and Portland, and I would drive to Portland about every two weeks. 
and hang out. And, and Eve was the facility, well, still is. She's a facilities manager pretty high up at Nike. Um, and so I had gotten to know her um, and sold carpet to the facilities people at Nike. And so through that, um, we became friends, and, and I would stay with them uh, when I when I went up after after I moved down here. So anyhow, we always talked about with her mom. Actually, her mom had come to visit her for dinner one time when I used to travel there. I'd always have dinner with Eve, and Paul was her husband, and her mom was just a sweetheart. And her mom was always she was the one who taught me to oh it's meant to be or look for meant to bees and it it, it became this kind of a fun thing like oh that's meant to be or oh we were meant to do this or it it just became like having again it's an awareness thing when you can see something like oh this was meant to be or you know it it's uh I, again I guess kind of in the same vein of just be on alert for things that are meant to be or be on alert for I talk about look for the magic and miracles that's one of my favorite things um my husband you know when he leaves during the day because I work from home I mean I go to my printers but I'm typically here um and I'll say well look for magic and miracles and call me when you get one now not that he always does that but sometimes he'll call me and he'll say oh my gosh you'll never believe what happened and then he tells me a story and I think you know when you when you have an awareness that, hey, I'm going to be on alert for this, then you're more likely to see the good or see the meant-to-be's or see the magic that that might normally pass you by if you weren't, you know, open to it or on alert for it, so to speak. Yeah, I think it all comes down to awareness. When The more we are aware, the more aware we become. And, right. you know, that's something that I always say to people, you know, the more aware you are, the more aware you will become, and then you don't miss anything, and you can use that intuition to help guide you through your yeah. life, you know, and, and you yeah. get good at it. It's something you need to mm-hmm. practice like anything else. You need to flex that muscle like you work out, same type of mm-hmm. thing. I, mm-hmm. um, the chapters, the cha- all the chapters in your book, and when we say 52 chapters, this is not a 500-page book. The, the chapters are anywhere from two to four pages long. I don't think there's any that's more than four pages long. There might be no, one that's five not. pages long because, you know, the the little thing takes up the fifth page, but it is not yeah. a long book at all. I mean, the total number of pages is 210, and, I mean, that's all the pages in the book. And, you know, I, I want to say something, you know, that I mentioned earlier, that this book gives you 52 weeks of action items, if you will, a whole year of things to implement. They're simple, they're easy, they're fun, you could do more than one a week if you commit, you know, but if you committed to just a single one per week, you're probably more apt to do it. And then as you see the changes occurring in your life, and you will, you will see positive changes. You may decide to put more than one into practice each week. That's completely up to the, the individual. But I'm just saying if you start with one to kind of acclimate yourself, and then if and when you feel to, build from there. I'm going to say that you will most assuredly notice major shifts in your life without a huge effort. There will be no struggle on your part because these are not time-consuming. It's based on awareness and some things that people already do, but maybe they're not doing it in the same way. You know, a lot of people write journals, but now if they're more aware, their journal writing may become different. Or like you said, the journal doesn't have to be writing. It can be pictures. You can start putting things in it. And so many people think of a journal as just something to write in. You know, right. um, I, I just think if, if people do this book, and it is a book to do, 
it's fun too. I mean, a lot of the things in it, I thought, oh, this will be fun. I can't wait to get to that chapter because I do plan on implementing this and doing it a week at a time. Um, only because I thought I like some of these things and they're, it, it helps everybody. It doesn't matter where you are, what quote unquote level you're at, where you are in your life, what you want to create. It could be something as simple as you need a new car. Well, go for it. You know, if you always wanted a Maserati, maybe you can have one. You know, uh, this, I think, is very helpful, and yet you did it so succinctly. That's the beauty Oh, thank of you. It. Well, I think um, I like to also point out some of the chapters, the titles of the chapters are kind of fun. Um, like, go yeah. to the zoo. Now, you're not going to be going to the zoo every day. And I, what I write about there mm-hmm. is go, going to the zoo with my daughter when I was up in Seattle. And we just, you know, we used to go to the zoo a lot more, obviously, when she was young. But we went on a Saturday afternoon, and just what we saw and what we looked at, and you know, it, again, it's it's a perspective of what you're viewing or whatever. Um, uh, create sacred space. We talked about that. Clean out your closets. Well, of course, that is mm-hmm. pretty common in the world, but because we all know, if you can clean out and clean up, then you're inviting mm-hmm. the new in your life. You know, that's a pretty basic one. Um, give thanks. We talked about gratitude. Play with a child. I think that's important. Um, I have a neighbor, uh, and Taylor, or T as we call her, T's now four. And when I wrote the chapter, I think she was two, and we were in a little park, and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's so good to have that childlike um, awareness in me, you know, just to be like, she was nonstop up and down the slide and around this and over here and up there. And, um, you know, I think children have that joy that just emanates from them. And so we, you know, we can touch that and remind ourselves, um, about that. Um, chapter 39, look up at the moon. I, I go into a whole story there about the moon and the goddess energy, yeah. but you know, <laughs> the night sky and there's beauty in that and there's wisdom in that and, um, the goddess energy of the moon, but, um, make your own mantra, honor the changing of the seasons, take a nap. I That's, love that. Yeah. Um, and I think I will probably be going to take a nap after we're done with this because of this <laughs> cold that I'm fighting. Um, but I know the value of just, you know, I need downtime and honoring that rather than pushing through. So I think some of those, it may not be something you're going to take a nap every day when you're working on that chapter, but just the awareness of, you know, again, body, mind awareness. Am I pushing, pushing, pushing? Do I need to just take a break for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and close my eyes? You know, some of those mm-hmm. questions. So, Yeah. I, and I um, think that's very true. And some of these things, like you won't go to the zoo every day, but once you go to the zoo every day, if you took a little time and thought about an animal or Googled the animal that you saw that you liked, right. bring yourself back to that memory. You know, you're not going to go idea. to the zoo every day. Yeah, but that way you get to do it for a week, and it gives you more awareness. I, I know when I come home from yoga on Saturday morning, I turn on the TV, the news is over, and it's some there's some animal thing on. And I've learned about animals I didn't even know existed. And it's been very interesting. It just gives you a whole new appreciation for nature. Nature is a great way to stop your mind so yeah you know and honoring the changing seasons i love that one because so many people oh my god it's winter oh my god it's you know are we ever going to have spring it's raining well if you don't have rain you don't have flowers and grass and if you don't have the winter you don't have the water you know if you don't have the snow you don't have your summer water and you stand to have a drought if you can just look at the the positive side of it and yeah does it drive you crazy and maybe it's a bit cold sure it is but you know what it, the only constant is change. It's going to get better. So, you know, if you right. can honor the change of the seasons. Yeah, I, every chapter, you tapped on everything, it seemed. I don't oh, think you missed you. a trick. 
<laughs> Thank you. Is there a yeah, second book was, coming? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I, I, I do have an idea for one. It's about hearts. Um, and, oh, that is, that is one of my other favorite chapters, I will say, which is Chapter 5, Let Your Heart Lead mm-hmm. You. And God knows I'm still struggling with that, but I tell the story in there about – um, moving here to San Francisco, and I had my St. Francis statue in Seattle yeah. on my patio, and it's now on the stairways here when you walk up the stairs. And um, my, I had got little kittens when we when I first moved here. My husband went out to the SPCA. He was a good guy, and he got cats for or two little kittens because my daughter wouldn't let me bring the girls, as we affectionately called our our cats in Seattle. She wanted to keep them, so they were with Emily. So I had two cats and or two kittens, and these kittens knocked my Saint Francis statue down the stairs, and all of a sudden, I thought, oh my gosh, his head fell off. He's become decapitated. And oh my god. What I realized was in in Seattle, I was in a shaman circle for 10 years, and through that, I was taught to always look at things from a metaphor perspective or just look at things Mm -hmm. differently. And it took me a while, and I write about it in the book, but the aha that came to me was, oh, I need to let my head roll down the stairs and learn I'm living in the city of St. Francis. I mean, this is San Francisco. It's the city of heart. Mm -hmm. Everybody sings about, I left my heart in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So. I'm really um, challenged. I'm really challenged still to learn to live from my heart. Um, but I think uh, there's a lot of, again, wisdom that comes from the heart, as you indicated too. I, I do the same thing. I'm in my head all the time, and uh, to bring it down to the heart is a different is a different way of viewing things. And you know, so. your book is written from the heart, so you're you know you you've put certainly concerted effort into this i'm quite sure you live more from your heart than you think i know i do i I, in my head a lot but i think i live from my heart more than i do from my head it's just i'm trying to Uh figure something out or wanting something to happen so you know this is a great it is a great book because first of all it's stories about you so people can relate to that because they're real you know and it is so short each chapter if you can't read two and a half to three pages a day okay let's say four you know oh my goodness you know if you could just just get the book, do it one chapter at a time. Even You can do it every day. You can do it, you know, 52 weeks. It's a great book. It, it really is fabulous, and, and we are so grateful that you wrote it. And I, we're almost at the top of the hour, but before we go, Peg, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they can purchase your book, Imagine the Life You'd Love to Live, Then Live It. Well, you can go to wordsandwatercolors.com. That's my website with my greeting cards. And when you open it up, there's a, a link for the book, and it goes to a page that talks about the book. And um, you can buy the book at Amazon and uh, all the other – oh, sorry about that. My phone, I forgot to um, put on hold. My phone's ringing. Um, so, yeah, go to my website or go to – any of the other places you buy a book, you can go to your favorite bookstore. I, I I go to one of my local bookstores when I want a book, and rather than buying from Amazon, well, I do buy from Amazon. Sometimes it's just too convenient, but other times I'll go um, and say, hey, could you guys get this book for me? Because it's supporting everybody that way. So, yes. um, yeah, Peg Conley, just put my name in. Uh, you'll Google, it will pop up. So, or put, put Peg Conley or the name of the title in Amazon, it'll pop up. So, yeah, pretty easy to do. Words and watercolors yeah. is, again, my greeting card line and gifts. 
Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I very much appreciate you sharing your time, especially when you're not feeling well with all of us here at Energy Awareness Radio. We are very grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, no, it was good for me to do this. It was really good. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully in fulfilling our dreams. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You can find a list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. And if you're not in the area and you can't make a concert, you can order one of my CDs. So go ahead and check that out. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I got a roof over my head. I got a warm place to sleep. So But on the road
but give it 